0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. The guy had been casing our house. When I go back to look at all the videos, the second he stepped foot on my property was the second I woke up. I kid you not. My energy as a sleeping woman knew that my kids were in danger. Hi everybody, it's Kat Sadler, and this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. I'm in my new studio for the first time. And if you've been listening to this show for the 80-some episodes, you know, typically my solo episodes are in my bed, in my room, with my dogs, and no cameras. But because the people, you, everyone seems to really want a video component to the podcast— We're rolling on it today, baby. So it's different because it kind of takes me back to my TV days, and there's a a kind of mental awareness or almost distraction that I'm being filmed visually. So I'm going to try and forget you guys are there, no offense, as I try and get comfy here at home. Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having a great week. I really hope you enjoyed the last couple of episodes, both with Young Pueblo and Devi Brown. We really deep dived into meditation and what it is and why it can be beneficial and transformative and healing. I especially loved the nuggets about the holidays and how you can approach this time of year a little lighter and a little more relaxed and really Declaring what it is you want out of the holiday season because, listen, I have a great, super loving family and extended family, but that doesn't mean there's not friction or dysfunction when it comes to who's doing what when for Thanksgiving and Christmas and travel and divorce and all these things can kind of make that a little... Harry and take away from what is supposed to be a really, really joyful time of year. So I loved Debbie Brown's advice on how to approach that exactly. So go back and listen if you have not. And also, as I'm speaking to you today, it's actually Election Day. And I was thinking, man, we have some good episodes on this show. Caitlin Collins, the chief White House correspondent from CNN, she was one of my very first guests on It Sure Is A Beautiful Day, Dana Bash, a veteran journalist, also on the show. So it just reminded me, God, we have so many good episodes. If you're new to the family, go back and listen to some of those because they really are timeless and some really great stories about some really remarkable women. So I hope you check that out. On today's show, I promised a couple things. I asked you guys what you wanted to know about. If you had any questions, I said nothing was off limits, which is true. So I'm going to get to some of your questions in just a little bit. feel like there have been some kind of heavier things going on in my world. The positive, the celebratory, the wonderful is that I did just celebrate one year with my love, Greg, and that is really, really... ah. (laughs) Beautiful and special. But on the more trying side of things in my life, well, let's start with Scarlett because this is kind of a double edged sword. For those of you that know my love of my dogs, my three furry children, Scarlett is my German Shepherd. Scarlett has been with us for 10 plus years. She was a rescue that my ex husband, Reese, found on the streets of LA, not far from our house. And she came home to us very damaged and fragile and broken and sensitive. But she has grown into the most loyal, loving, beautiful, protective queen. And you may have seen my post that about six weeks ago, She was just really suffering, you guys. Like, I mean, starting with even this kind of stench coming from her and a whimpering that wouldn't go away and this really just lack of energy. And so took her to the vet. She is, by the way, now almost 13 years old. And if you know anything about shepherds, they don't... I mean, their lifespan is supposed to be 12 to 14 years. So the vet said that she was battling kidney disease and his words were at the time stage three kidney disease six months to live if he were a betting man so if any of you guys have ever gone through this with your pets you know that is not a nice thing to hear And it was immediately just like, oh, no. I mean, firstly, because she just seemed really uncomfortable. And then second, to just know that the clock was counting down on the days that she would be with us. And here is the thing. I got on TikTok. I went down the rabbit hole on kidney disease and dogs. I just like started studying and researching and trying to find out anything I could possibly do again mostly to just make her feel as comfortable as possible, not thinking for a second that there was a cure for this. But then enter my girl, J.C. Dupree, who had two beautiful English bulldogs, William and Polly. And when Polly was suffering with really bad cancer and growths on her paws for many years... JC discovered a guy by the name of Dr. Batan in LA. And so this is a guy out in Malibu who is known for his homeopathic cures for dogs and frankly, extending their lives well beyond what the traditional Western vet seems to be doing or seems to be predicting. And so I got on the call with this guy, by the way, so eccentric, so kind of over the top, so passionate about animals. He talked my ear off, but I was totally there for it because he was like, absolutely rubbish, you know, six months, my ass, stop doing everything you're doing and listen to me. And so, you know, listen, A lot of people go to this vet, and there have been a lot of proven results with him. I say all this to say that I still don't really have any measurable way to say, oh my God, yes, this guy is the second coming and everything is better. But what I can tell you is that he made a lot, a lot of sense. I wish he was on the show because so much of the science of dogs' bodies is really over my head. But he was like, listen, she needs A, B, C, D, E, and F. A lot of these things are Chinese herbs. A lot of these are just simple supplements. Talking about her diet and get her on this, come back, get her tested with me again, and you will see a drastic reduction in her levels, her her dangerous levels that her blood results were were coming in at. And you guys, I kid you not. And by the way, oh, I have them. <laughs> You can hear because I was like, I know you guys are going to want to know what she's on, but like, so many things. Tear oxygen, Livaplex. What else? All these things I'd never heard of. Pine Mountain, Jinjuishen Kekwan. I mean, like, half the stuff, of course, like, what really is it? He sends you all the literature on what everything is. We've got an AF beta food. We've got. Oh, yeah, this is just for kidney health, and PMG. So anyway, all these supplements, by the way, there are six or seven of them. She whoop, boop, boop, boop. She gets them two and three times a day. And I've also been giving her a little raw goat's milk just because I discovered that one on TikTok. And in two weeks time, it was like I got my dog back. I am not kidding, like the kids were like, what? Blown away. She went from being lethargic and kind of moaning and seemingly in pain to like pep in her step. Moon and Nipsey every day dart out the back door. They're chasing squirrels. There's like this lap they do and they run around in our yard. Scarlett, even on her best days, was not doing that with them. And now... She is up. She is vibrant. She is hanging with the other dogs. Dare I say she's even playing with Moon. I mean, she's an old lady and she's playing with Moon. The, the the bad breath has gone away. I just am in shock at how much better she seems to be doing. Again, we haven't taken her back to the vet to retest her to see if, in fact, we're kind of reversing the alarming levels in her system. But I am overjoyed. So I, I don't mean to go on and on and on about that because some of y'all are like, oh, she's still talking about her dog. But like literally so many of you have asked. And when I don't post Scarlet, I literally hear from you guys going, Where's Scarlett? What's the Scarlet update? I want pictures of Scarlet. And so many of you see her beauty, and I think it just comforts you and brings you a kind of joy and a smile the way that it does me. I mean, she is that electric and she is that special. And so thank you, thank you for asking. I am just through like the first round mostly of all of those supplements. Some of those are refills. So once I get through this next little phase, we're gonna get her tested and I will come back and let you know like, listen, is it working? So I share all of that with you, A, because you ask, but B because if you are in the Los Angeles area, apparently people go to Dr. Patan from all over California and he does virtual calls. So screw it. If you're not from California, this may be something you want to investigate for your animals. Um, Because I didn't even, he didn't even see Scarlett. He just needed to see her blood work and her diagnostic work from my vet. So you can share that with him. He will go over it. He will give you a protocol for your animal should you be in need. So I'm going to put his information in the show notes so you can check that out. And I'll keep you updated. Keep you updated. I mean, wouldn't that be something? I mean, he was like, "Yeah, she's an old shepherd," and but that is complete malarkey. That your vet said she has six months to live. Like, based on what? This dog could have years to live. So now I feel a little silly being so alarmist about it and just like taking one doctor's word that this is how it's gonna be, which. Just in general in life was a reminder to me. I mean, if you are anything like me and you're busy and you're juggling a million things and you got your kids and you got your work and you got your love and you got your life and you're trying to be fit and you're trying to do all the things, sometimes it's very easy to get information from one single person and then that's the gospel and then cue the execution and that's how we operate. I mean, it's just a good reminder again on election day as I'm speaking to you that like do your homework. There are a lot of different arguments out there for the same issues and we really have to do our due diligence there. So I'm really glad that I did. Thank you, JC, for sharing this wonderful connection with me. Um, Again, I'm going to put his info in the show notes for you guys because you don't have to be in California. We'll be right back. right. The holidays are around the corner and I have the perfect gift idea for you guys. I'm obsessed with Winona Street design. Okay. Winona Street, based in Chicago. This is a mother and daughter team and they make the most beautiful, lovely, understated, yet very personal and special pieces. Candles, and jewelry. Their candles, they're hand poured right there in their Chicago studio. They're made with 100% soy wax and they're additive free. And what you can do is create these personal messages for the candle label that kind of becomes a part of it and even part of the packaging. So you can wish a friend a happy birthday, or maybe it's a momentous occasion, or it's just a meaningful quote that you love. Put it on there, gift it to somebody you care about, or just have it for yourself. Now, They've got the candles, which are their top quality product. They've got 70 plus hours of clean burn time on them, by the way. But they've also got their jewelry business and offer custom Roman numeral and enamel jewelry. Their double-sided heartbreaker necklace, definitely a hero piece that also makes for a wonderful gift. Greg, you listening? (laughs) It's timeless. It's a classic piece, be good for anybody this season. Remember Maria, my makeup artist and friend who was on the show, and she had that powerful quote a couple weeks ago that said, life hasn't happened to everybody yet. Well, the folks at Winona Street are so sweet. They put that quote on a label that then they wrapped around the candle, put it in the box and like, send it to me. How sweet is that? That's what you can do for yourself or for somebody you love this season. And you can do it with a little discount. Use code CAT at checkout for 10% off your first purchase. That's 10% off. Use the code CAT when you go to winonastreetdesign.com to shop. Follow them on Instagram. You'll get a whole feel of what they're doing. That's at Winona Street Design for all of your candle and jewelry needs. Hi, I'm Bethany. And I'm Anthony Garcia. And this is the Garcia Diaries Unfiltered. In this day and age of filters and heavy editing, we believe in sharing the real and raw parts of marriage, parenthood, and real freaking life that often get filtered over. Every week, we share next level, real life confessions from our audience. You'll either feel seen, highly entertained, or maybe even both. Come hang with us and catch a new episode every Friday. Make sure to follow so you don't miss a single confession. Speaking of good old California, oh, I have to like stretch my neck as I'm talking about this because this is really, really stressing me out. And so I just have to be honest and share. Yeah, we had a break in. Yeah, it really sucked. And no, it wasn't the first. So... In some ways this is weird to share because you guys don't know where I live and what street I'm on and where what neighborhood in LA and let's just say I am in central Los Angeles. You know, it's frankly why I moved here. I mean, I remember 2006 when Kyle, my first husband and the boys and I moved here, it was like we wanted We wanted diversity, we wanted culture, we wanted color, we wanted Koreatown over here for Korean barbecue. And we wanted to like drop downtown for other experiences. And oh, we can be in the mountains and like live that life. Like LA is just, it's magical. You know, you've got the mountains, you've got the ocean, you've got the beach, you've got, you know, people from all over the world that settle here. And we were so pulled to be here. And I love, by the way, I have loved raising my kids here. Then the pandemic hits and, you know, there there has been a bit of a mass exodus. People like leaving LA. It is very expensive. It's quote unquote changing. Everybody's suffering with inflation right now, but it is so incredibly overpriced for what you get. You know, I've spent how many decades working and building a career and having my profession and I still, I'm like, man. I could do with my money back in Indiana. Wouldn't that be nice? But it's a trade-off because, again, of the the things that you you get from living here on the palm trees and the sunshine and all of that. Needless to say, my home. And again, I want to be careful what I say because I don't want to like be a sitting duck from a security standpoint. But, but my home has been broken into multiple times, but this was years ago. And I guess that, that just negates any argument that it's the time because my home has been broken into, I would say, four times over the last 10 years. But, 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 but um, there is a there is a real uptick in crime in Los Angeles. And not only are people you guys have seen this in the news, like people are being chased, their jewelry is being taken off their bodies, you know, their bags are being grabbed out of their arms. You know, people are like, look over your shoulder, don't drive home a certain way, make sure you're not being followed. Like all of that is going on and it's a very unsettling way to live. I don't live like that. Like my, the joke from my friends is like, Kat, you don't even lock your door. And like, I am so at peace and I'm just like, I'm good. I don't want to live in a frightened state. I just I'm not wired that way. Maybe that is the country girl on me. I don't know. But like, I don't want to, I don't want to live like that. But a couple weeks ago, six in the morning, you guys, six in the morning. It was still dark out. And here's the full disclosure. And I'm going to be honest and transparent because I tell you the truth on this show. I had stayed all night at Greg's because one, I had left my laptop there and I needed it for work. Two, he was heading out of town and needed a ride to LAX the next morning. So it was like a Tuesday night. I drove there late. I slept there to take him to the airport. And I'm laying in bed. My alarm wasn't even set. I think it was set for 7 a.m. or something. And it 5.58 a.m. in the pitch black, my eyes just pop open. And I have this thing where I don't check my phone just because I wake up because I think that's unhealthy and I think it's a terrible way to like get back to sleep. I really just try to to, like breathe through it, imagine a couple sheep jumping over a fence, get myself back to sleep. But it was 5.58 and I didn't know that at the time. I just knew it was early and I laid in bed for probably four or five minutes kind of stirring before I knew what time it was because then I checked my phone It's about 6.03. That's when I saw the time for the first time. And as I'm looking at my phone at 6.03, ring notification, ring notification. And I'm thinking, is Orion going surfing this morning? By the way, I do leave my two boys. I mean, they're 21 and almost 18. I was at college at 17. So I don't feel like a terrible mother. They're both very comfortable here at home alone. And we got our three dogs, right? So I'm like, is Orion going surfing? Who is at my front door at 6.03 a.m.? Scroll up, look down. And I am watching in real time a dude at my front door looking in my front windows. And then I see his hand go for my doorknob. <laughs> and it's one of those things where you're like freezing and jaw dropped and half asleep and like, what? Oh, oh shit. And I immediately call Orion because of my two boys, Orion always answers the phone. And sure enough, he was already up because the dogs had been losing their shit. Thank you again, Scarlet, the queen, who has the most ferocious bark. Don't fuck with us. The guy had been casing our house. When I go back to look at all the videos, the second he stepped foot on my property was the second I woke up. I kid you not. My energy as a sleeping woman knew that my kids were in danger. I kid you not. i That's what woke me. I know that's what woke me up. And the kids were like, he had just left. He had just left. But long story short, he'd been on this side of the property. Then he went to the other side of the property. He was trying every possible entrance. And he got in. He got in through one window to then do a door situation and um, turn a knob and unlock some shit and I'm getting upset explaining it but it was the dogs. A, the dogs woke up the boys because they were like why are the dogs going absolutely mad and B when everything settled down a whole back door was like side door was completely ajar and he had gotten in. He'd gotten in our house. Yeah. So, needless to say, I've done a ton of security upgrades. But I'll tell you as I'm sitting here today telling you this story, last night, here we are, three weeks later, nine o'clock at night, two doors down from me, 911 called. We got a break in. We got another attempted robbery. People are at home. People's cars are out front. People have alarms and the crime is out of out of control and people don't feel safe and i tell you this because again i am not that person i i'm not i'm not scared i'm really not scared i don't i don't feel threatened i don't distrust people like i just but there's a real Real shift that's happening. And again, bringing this full circle back to election day, back to reality and back to the haves and the have nots. I mean, I was telling my son, Austin, Austin wants to get a gun now. Oh, I want to get a gun. I'm getting a gun. You know, all his friends, get a gun, get a gun. And I'm like, we have gotten to this point where here, I don't know where what it's like where you live or if you're in a city or a small town, but it's like we have gotten to a point here where people are so desperate and they are so numb and they are so angry and they are so poverty stricken that they don't care anymore. They don't care if they die. They don't care if you pull out your gun. They don't. It's like they have nothing to lose anymore. There's nothing. And it breaks my heart. And of course, I'm like trying to express this to my son and he is not seeing where my compassion is exactly coming from because yes, it is such a violation. And yes, it is the worst thing to not feel safe. And I think it's even worse to feel as a parent that you're not protecting your kids in the way that you feel like you should be and could be you know so it's 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 just it's triggered me on so many levels and it has me asking myself so many questions about where we live or why we do what we do or why we are in the place that we are as a society and it's just it really 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 bugs I've tried to meditate on it and pray on it a little bit, but it's not nice. And, you know, I, I was talking with Greg about this too, because it's just so, it's so sad, you know? Again, I'm speaking about Los Angeles, but it's like you turn every corner and there are tents everywhere and people's homes are literally on sidewalks more and more and more with every single week. and. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Just go move away and put up another gate and then another gate and then and then live in these gated communities so the walls are so high that, that eventually we just live in this state of like you and us. I don't want to live in a world like that. I don't want to live in a world like that. I don't want anyone of us to have to live in a world like that. <sighs> it gets me really worked up. I don't know what the answers are. I don't even know the voting's going to fix it, but at least it's a way to exercise your voice and know that you're doing something. And uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to have someone on the show to talk about the homelessness issue and the crime issue because these are things that really, really do keep me up at night. And You know, the state of the world. It's, you know, on the one hand, I've had all these beautiful people on the show talking about meditation and hope and the opportunity of these times. And then there's this other flip side of things where it's like, it's so dark, it's so heavy, it's so daunting, people feel so hopeless. So, which is it? And what do we cling on to? What do you guys think? I would really 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 love to hear your thoughts on this and what experiences you have with this same kind of thing cuz it's it's real. It's 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 real and um and it's it's frightening to be really honest and it's 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 just it's heavy. Heavy stuff. I tell you what It sure is a beautiful day to pick up some paint for your home. Everybody wants to create a gorgeous home that reflects our personal style and paint is one of the easiest, not to mention one of the least expensive ways to totally transform your space, make it feel more like you. I want to tell you about Claire. I love this female founded company. They make painting so easy because the shopping is boom, one, two, three, everything to your door. It's a new online paint brand that Simplifies everything for you. Takes the hassle out of getting in your car, going paint shopping, getting so stressed and frazzled about the different swatches or the colors, and then standing in line. No, no. Those days are over. I have been using Claire for like six months now. I have painted my foyer. I have painted my new studio where I'm speaking to you now from in a beautiful color called Whipped. They have lots of colors. And by the way, speaking of their colors, they are designer curated because the CEO and founder of Claire is an interior designer as well. So she saw this need for a new business because of the traditional paint shopping experience being so outdated and such a nightmare. And so she's curated these beautiful colors. She has created products that you can feel good about. They are zero VOC, GreenGuard Gold certified for better indoor air quality. So you can feel good having your family breathe this stuff as well. You know, I got your hookup. Don't you worry about it. Claire.com slash cat. To get started, go online to Claire.com slash cat. Receive 10% off your order. That's claire.com slash cat for 10% off. Okay, guys, back to the show. What else was I going to talk about on my solo episode? Scarlet, the break-in. Ah, brings me to my third kind of final topic, which is meditation, because I have been being pulled in recent months to go on another journey. I've had my high yoga journey. I've had done all my reading, you know, I'm, you guys know I am a seeker. I'm constantly trying to expand my thoughts and my experiences here on earth. And so I had seen a lot of different people that I admire, um, share about their experiences with transcendental meditation. And so I, booked myself a workshop or a meeting it was actually a one on one with an a guru i guess in santa monica and it was so cool so cool you guys here is the caveat little did i know cuz i promised i was going to tell you guys about this that kind of the unspoken rules of the fight club <laughs> the rules of transcendental meditation is you don't talk about transcendental meditation so as much as I want to tell you, I can't really tell you anything. But I will say I, I was there for a couple hours. This is available to all of you, to anyone who wants to experience this. And I will say without giving away all the trade secrets that I went that morning and met my guy and I... Wow, I don't know, like entering into this experience, I was so calm. I was so at peace. And you know, if you're like driving somewhere you've never been and you're parking and you're going in a place you've never been and you're all alone, like sometimes that can be nerve wracking, but I don't know, maybe that just means I was so ready for this. I loved it. And there's a bit of a ceremony, which I can't tell you about. (laughs) But it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. I guess it was because I was so open to what meditation is. And I'm just so genuinely curious about it. So... I was given my mantra, I was given my homework, and everybody knows you can just do a quick Google, but with transcendental meditation, you're supposed to do 20 minutes in the a.m. and 20 minutes in the p.m. That is the formula. And I will tell you just to get on here to say two big takeaways, because if you are interested and you would like to learn more about it, number one, God, it's hard to do 20 minutes twice a day. Wow, I I really didn't know how hard that would be. I I it's like I go days when I can't get it done. So if I were a student being graded, I'd probably have about a B minus with my transcendental meditation right now. But that doesn't mean I don't keep coming back to it. So that's number one. It's really hard to get that in for some reason. Having said that, I noticed a clear difference. On day one of doing this meditation, once you get the guidance, once you get the, the the essence of what it's supposed to be and what it can do for you, oh my God, I was like, oh, unlock, light going off, love this, which is why they say if you're really doing it right, it doesn't feel hard to do it twice a day. You crave doing it twice a day. So I'm gonna give myself a little pass because of break-ins and sick dogs and just life shit that like I've it's been a tricky time but I intend to stick with it. I encourage you to check it out. I hope you listen again to these last couple episodes about meditation and what is possible because they are the best. They are the best of the best well-being educators, Young Pueblo and Devi Brown. So go listen if you haven't and then maybe we can do it together and you can share with me your experience of it. Okay? Let's do this like I always do when you guys send in your questions. I never look beforehand. Like I'm just like, ah, so I can just really respond on the spot and don't overthink this. Okay, I see my first question. What was your life like when you were younger? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a really good question. What was my life like? Although that's a very loaded question. I was a really happy child. I was really happy. I always like to explain my childhood as kind of being two stages because, for the most part, I grew up in Indianapolis until I was 11. So I was a little girl in elementary school in Indianapolis on a beautiful, tranquil street, a cul de sac, probably 10, 12 houses, totally idyllic childhood, very middle class. You know, my mom was a school teacher, my stepdad. Did a lot of different jobs, you know. It was, we struggled a little. I remember my mom telling me when she was like a second grade school teacher, she was like making $11,000 a year in the 70s. Like, my parents worked. I shopped at like Value City for my clothes. Like, we, I remember eating mush. You guys know what mush is? Like, you know, we we did have some hard times. I don't know if that's middle class or what that is. Blue class, blue collar. But yeah, But I had so much love around me. I was so happy. I had great friends on my street. I played softball. I took dance lessons. I was in the school plays. That phase of my life, to be honest, Laurel Hall Drive, some of my absolute happiest, happiest memories. Life just seemed very simple and very beautiful then. And then at sixth grade, we moved to the small town of Martinsville, Indiana, where my both of my parents are from originally. And so I went to middle school and high school there, for the most part, giving you the short story. And things got a little messier. My mom ended up divorcing my stepdad. And so we had some turbulent stuff going on. Then in my family, my sister was going through a lot Um She had some really lousy boyfriends. There was just some kind of toxic drama, crisis things going on. Again, if I'm being vulnerable and honest with you guys and completely naked, high school was tough for me. Um, It was like kind of the real world world showed up at my front door and I, my innocence was lost in a lot of ways. But again, I had wonderful, wonderful friends and I was so active. My God, I was like in all the plays and musicals. I was in the show choir. I was a varsity cheerleader. I I loved my friends. I, I am grateful for that time in my life, I will tell you something probably you didn't know, which a lot of people don't know about me. I really, really had a very intense season during my high school years with religion. I was a devout Christian. <laughs> I'm laughing because, like, that's not something I've ever really talked about in depth, but church, my church family, my Bible study group, my youth group, my my church visits to several different churches through various things that I was doing really, really gave me a sense of place and a sense of comfort and a sense of hope in an otherwise turbulent time. And I hate to call it turbulent because I know my mom listens to this show, but it was, it was, it was a little rocky. Let's put it that way. Um but man, I wouldn't change a thing. I I really think I ended up in journalism and in on my path to storytelling and conversation and interviews with everybody from A-list celebrities, you know, at the Oscars to, you know, covering the 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 damn county fair. Like I just love people and I I am so Relentlessly curious about the human spirit and what makes people tick and what makes them who they are. And I just will forever be fascinated in that. And I think a lot of that is because of my childhood and my upbringing, because there were so many little different pockets where I was placed in such very different scenarios. You know, when I was in Indianapolis, it was very urban. It was very diverse. I learned so much through being a city kid, really. And then, you know, I went to completely 180. I went to this super small kind of whitewashed town with wonderful people and great hospitality and and loving their neighbors. But wow, it couldn't have been more different. And, and I had friends and relationships with people again at all all socioeconomic levels and all backgrounds. So I just it was so it was kind of like it required me to be a bit of a chameleon, but it also just allowed me to experience life in a really full way, all the different parts of life as much as one can as an Indiana girl who'd never left the state. So that was a really long answer for my one question from you guys. But I'd never been asked that before. That's so interesting. Okay, let me just pick a couple more here. Oh, man. There's always the feet request. Should I get an OnlyFans for my feet? I'm always getting questions about my feet. Let's see. Let's see if there's something a little more interesting here. (laughs) I do have a lot of Greg questions. Where did Greg learn to cook? You know what? I'm going to save that one for when he's on because we're going to do a sequel. We're going to do a sequel episode. He has a lot of food stories for you guys his origin in Georgia and how his love of food kind of was born he's a really great question because I trust me I have asked him all about that and look for that episode coming really soon why didn't you go forward with Real Housewives of Beverly Hills did you guys hear about this I didn't go forward because they didn't pick me (laughs) <laughs> I didn't get the job. I didn't go forward with it because I wasn't selected. I don't even know that I'm really supposed to talk about this. It's like a very, very hush-hush, no-no thing. Like if you are up for a job on that show, you're not supposed to talk about it. But since I didn't get it, I guess it's fair game to talk about. Yeah, they said that they weren't moving forward with me this season. And that was that. And truth be told, it's kind of like a really kind of a bit of a, hmm. I want to do, or is this something I don't want to do? i I wasn't like completely convinced that is the role of my life or the position I should be on on television or if I'd completely fit in. You guys, I'm not like a drama kind of girl. and I don't even hardly drink that much anymore. Like some being on that show just might the plot lines might not really be in line with my life today, man, maybe ten years ago it would have worked, but I don't know. I don't know. I've went back and forth in my mind many times about that, you know, but if it's meant to be mine, it'll come back around again and we'll just see what the universe has in store. Curious to know though, I can't read your name this far away because the computer is about two feet in front of me, whether or not you think I should do the show. I'd be curious to know what you guys think. Do you see me on a show like that? Okay, lots of love here. Oh, that's so funny. I have another child question. Did you envision your life as a child? Did you envision your life as a child? And if so, do you have the life you envisioned for yourself? Funny how both of these questions came through. What did I envision for myself when I was a child? That's a great question. I... Dreamt about Hollywood for sure when I was little. And remember, there weren't phones, people weren't jumping on planes like they do all the time now. Like where they made movies, Hollywood Boulevard, red carpets, like that world just intrigued the hell out of me. And I was. I have always been the person who's watching a film and I'm like on the edge of my seat and I never miss like a line of dialogue and I'm I'm thinking about the cinematography and I'm thinking about the dialogue and I'm thinking about the actors and I I mean I used to say I wanted to be a casting director because I just I just love film and I just find it fascinating who plays what characters and why and how how movies could be so different had someone else played the part and I'm like thinking about 10 different things every time I'm watching a movie. I'm just, I've always been intrigued, but for sure I saw myself as being on screen as just a pipe dream. I thought about that all the time. I mean, that's what my friends and I did. I was always doing plays. I remember being in Florida with my grandparents where we went every year with all my cousins and I was I was directing everybody in scenes. Like I was like giving the the costumes and I was like creating characters and I was like telling everybody what to do and what to say. Like I just, I guess make believe. I guess make believe. Yeah, that really appealed to me. But I never really envisioned it as like a reality. Like did I envision my life Once I was grown, not really. And I think some of that was because the world just seemed so much smaller then. I just, I didn't ever really think I had permission to dream that big. So it was like this little fantasy, but it wasn't a dream. And I remember when I got my first TV internship at the Fox affiliate in Indianapolis. And Shelly Trial, shout out to her. She was the acting news director, an executive producer, a writer, one of the smartest women in television I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And she was completely a mentor of mine when I was 20. And she told me to take off the velvet handcuffs. And so I think she saw in me then that I had some limiting beliefs about what was possible. And when she told me that, I was like, wait, what? What? You mean, I can do anything I want to do. I'm gonna go anywhere I wanna go. I I can if I can dream it, I can achieve it. Like all of these like simple cliche things. But that really, really impacted me. And that I really started envisioning the life that I wanted when I was about about then 20, 21 years old. Is when I hit it hard. I was in a all girls band. Don't know if you guys knew that. I was um interning and so I was like putting myself on tape every day pretending I was like Barbara Walters and Oprah and that's when I really got the bug and then of course I came to Los Angeles at 21 because my dear friend Molly Palmetier graduated a year before me from IU and she came out here to Santa Monica and she's like get your ass out here this is where you belong and man she was right god it's so so important to be supported by people that know you and love you. And people had to push me, I guess. I, that's the interesting piece. Like, I, I had to have people kind of nudge me. And somewhere inherently inside of me, I knew that I belonged. Out here, and I knew I had something special. And I knew, if anything, I don't know how special it was, but I knew I was not going to live a life in Indiana forever until the end of time. For me, that was not why I was put on this earth. I was meant to explore and taste everything and see everything and stamp my passport. Like, that is what gives me such a high today. When people ask you, What is it that lights you up? that's what lights me up so so I guess I'll just have to take the occasional break in in my house (laughs) and deal with it and deal with some of what comes with the life that I imagine and the life that I now have and the life that I am so so grateful to to have today so maybe that's a good place to end gratitude. Always, always, always bringing it back to gratitude. It's just huge, you guys. And I thank you, speaking of gratitude, I thank you for always coming back around every Tuesday, every week and listening to these episodes. And I want to say we are going to lighten things up a little bit. We did kind of the, the deep dive into self-healing and introspection and these personal inquiries that I think are so, so important to our overall well-being. But we're going to have some fun now. Come in. Bye. Oh, goodbye, Shenny. I'll see you Friday. <laughs> it's fun working from home that's my sweet housekeeper eugenia who's been with us since orion was two she used to nanny for him she's the best shout out to her gratitude again gratitude um gonna have some fun next week my friend celebrity hair guru chris dylan is on the show he was here in the studio my first official guest and we hear all all about his story. Talk about dream the life you want to have for yourself. His first ever hair client that he ever, ever did for a paid job alone was Chris Jenner. True story. How in the world does that happen to someone? He shares his story coming to Hollywood, doing Chris Jenner, doing the rest of the Jenners. He is now doing so many famous faces and doing their hair. And he's just such a fun fun, creative, loving friend of mine. So I can't wait for you to meet him. We talk about kind of the industry a little bit, but then he also is going to give you guys great hair tips, products you must splurge on and other things that you can scoop up at the drugstore we just have a really fun conversation so that is next week i love y'all i wanted to remind you that i have a newsletter because the other as much as like i love talking with you guys i get so many questions can you link those shoes where'd you get those jeans what lipstick is that and i just i i never will get through all of that on instagram so i put it in my weekly newsletter it's called pick of the litter it's easy to subscribe to. Then it just comes to your inbox. You can see all the links. You can click away. Do with it what you want. That is thecatwalk.com backslash subscribe. Super easy. The catwalk 2 ts slash subscribe. And I've seen you leaving those reviews. They mean so much. Continue to please leave those on Apple Podcasts. They mean the world. As to you, make it a great week. Sending you so much Love. I'll see you next Tuesday. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old.